As we start the new year, it can be a really good time to look at how we are living our lives. We all come to motherhood with a range of experiences, beliefs, and narratives that we've taken with us from our lives pre-motherhood. And while sometimes those beliefs can serve us as we navigate raising kids and just living our adult lives, there are also likely things that we've taken with us that aren't actually aligned with what we value or even want out of life. And when that's the case, we can end up trapped in cycles of feeling unfulfilled and never quite enough. Michelle Johnston, the powerhouse behind Fiercely Authentic Coaching, was raised with strict ideals. She married young and became the devoted mother of four she always knew she would be. For years, she masked her struggles to fit society's perfect mold. But when her kids grew, she prioritized self-care and embarked on a journey of self-discovery, self-love, adventure, and grace. Michelle is here to share her story so that we can learn to embrace living unapologetically and completely authentically ourselves. Welcome to the Worthy Mother Podcast where we discuss all things identity, self-compassion, and fulfillment within and beyond motherhood. I'm Emily Rose Hardy, a mindset and self-love coach for moms. I am a firm believer that to be able to take care of our children, we must take care of ourselves first. This is not a parenting podcast. No, this is a podcast where we will challenge the societal expectations of what it means to be a mom, demystify the perfect mom myth, and learn to love ourselves. You are worthy, Mama. Let's do this. Hello, and welcome back to the Worthy Mother podcast. I am so excited to be here, and you know, we're starting a new year, and I really am excited for today's guest because we're going to be talking about living unapologetically and kind of breaking out of society's mold. And you know, I'm all about talking about the external expectations that we kind of take on, particularly in motherhood. And so I think this is going to be a really just kind of inspirational conversation And I think a great way to start a new year on the right foot of saying, you know what, I have kind of agency in how I show up in the world and a lot of what maybe doesn't feel like choice actually is. And so I'm really excited to introduce you all today to Michelle Johnston. Michelle, could you just kind of tell us a little bit about the work you do? Um, We're going to get into your story more, but let us know more about you and, and what you do. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I am a life and empowerment coach and I am specifically working with women who um, are starting on this journey of rediscovery, women who are in their midlife awakening. I like to call it crisis is a bad word in my book. (laughs) There's no such thing as midlife crisis. It's truly a a midlife awakening. Um, So I help women support them on this journey of rediscovery, stepping into their power, finding what makes them happy, what lights their soul on fire. And it's hella exciting. And I love what I do. And just seeing women go from a sense of loss of purpose to all of a sudden, like, the sky's the limit. It's not even the limit. The galaxy's the limit. And how exciting life becomes for them is just freaking amazing. I love that. I love the intention behind that of like, it really is about 
enjoying life and not just enjoying life, but like feeling it fully and knowing that there's so many possibilities for us. I think we get Mm -hmm. so boxed into things. (laughs) So it's just, I love that. I love what a incredible like resource I'm sure you are for, Mm. for women who are like experiencing that kind of stuck feeling that I know so many of us do kind of feel at times in our lives. Totally. We get stuck in autopilot, just Mm -hmm. eat, sleep, take care of kids, do the drop-offs, you know, it's like we get stuck in that routine and then all of a sudden we have that moment, that oh shit moment. What do I do with myself now? Like, you know, for, for me, it was when my kids all went off to school and I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> well now what do I do? You know, yeah. kind of thing. So yeah, we get so stuck in that autopilot, that routine. And then when we finally have that moment where, you know, we're just like, okay, now what? Now what? Yeah. <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> Something that you talk about is like living these unapologetic lives. Mm-hmm. And I really, that's something that I think that phrasing can be so powerful, but also like, what does that mean? And I would love to hear from you mm-hmm. as somebody who like supports women in becoming unapologetic. What does that look like? Yeah, there's so much to, about the process to mm-hmm. becoming really okay with who you are authentically, and then becoming an apologetically authentic, you know, for me, I had to like, seriously, my mindset, I had to force the mindset that was like, fuck y'all, I'm going to be who I'm going to be, you know, and if you don't like it, move on. (laughs) Because I was, I was a people pleaser, like most of us women are. (laughs) Yeah, I was had a fear of judgment, I had a fear of messing up a fear of disappointing people. And so when I was going through my self discovery, um, you know, I really had to go through this process, which we'll talk about about releasing those negative Mm -hmm. narratives that you've been raised with. And really embracing who I was and my imperfections and falling in love with myself and then being so empowered by that where I could move on and be not so much have a fear of judgment anymore. Like you're either going to like me or you're not. And if you don't, I don't need those negative vibes in my life. So you can move on and I'm going to be who I am and you either love me or you don't. (laughs) So to me, living um, authentically, living um, life unapologetically is really that stepping into your power, being empowered by who you are as a person. And really not worrying what everyone else thinks of you and just finding that happy peace in your life. And that's what you're living for finding your why and living for that. When you're saying all of that, I just like my mind goes (laughs) to something that I'm sure a lot of people can relate to. And I've talked about it here on the podcast, but just how like from such an early age, most of us girls women, you know, feel the impact of judgments and like what others think of us, whether they're thinking anything negatively about us or not. It's not really about Mm -hmm. that. It's more of like our perception. And then there are things, you know, that contribute to us feeling like we have to be pleasing everyone. And there's a lot of societal factors to that. And Mm -hmm. just the way we go through school and 
all the things, right? Like there's, it's, right. that's like a whole other conversation, yeah. but just how like that starts from such an early age mm-hmm. and we can get stuck in that autopilot. We do get stuck in an autopilot. And if we can put the attention on how we're doing life, how we're going through life, what our mindset is and realize like, wait, I'm doing this for others. And I have been since I was in second grade. Right. Just what a cool, empowering thing to say, you know what? That's how I've been doing life, but it's not how I have to continue doing life. Mm-hmm. And I think for moms, especially, it's a time in our lives when you become a mom and then throughout motherhood where there's this whole new realm of judgment and how are people judging me and perceiving me? How are they perceiving my kids? What does that reflect on me? Different things like that. And Mm -hmm. like a lot of our lives for so many of us tend to be about how we can fit into this box that we think people want us to fit into. And I just, it's how freeing to say no and to shift it and to get to live the rest of your life, yeah, not putting that as the priority. It's just really powerful and incredible to like think about. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. There's a yeah. lot of personal work that has to go into it. I mean, the basic pieces of finding what makes you happy, that's not your family and children. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> your special thing yeah. that makes you happy. And then, and working through all those little bits of, you know, being able to say no without guilt, you know, being able to do things without feeling shame surrounded by it, because you enjoy it. And yeah. there's so many pieces, the boundaries, and there's so much to it. It's a, it's really hard work. Yeah, a lot of unlearning and a lot of like understanding mm-hmm. why. Right. Because we just, we don't, it's like all builds up and we don't understand why we're feeling the way we feel. Um, But when you can start to break down the pieces, it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, okay. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, for me and realizing that why, you know, then it brought on a whole other set of feelings of, you know, anger and resentment and forgiving and, you know, uh, letting go and moving forward with some grace and acceptance. And oh my gosh, there's so much to it. Um, It's not just like an overnight thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'd love to like hear more about your story and your own like transformation to becoming unapologetic. What was kind of your starting point in that? Yeah, I know. I keep dropping like little pieces. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, yeah, let's we'll get into it. The beginning. <laughs> we'll just start from the beginning. Yeah. So I was raised in a very strict religious ideology of what the perfect wife, mother, woman should be. And raised through my teenage years. And I genuinely felt like my purpose in life was to be a wife and a mother. And so I was learning all the things, all the homemaking skills, you know, all the things that that a woman should know. And I was also the oldest of five children. So that mothering nurturing aspect came very easily uh, for me too. So it just, that was my purpose in life. And I went through my teenage years, 
hit the age 18 and I got a little rebellious, like most of us do. And that's really now in hindsight, looking back is where I actually tapped into who Michelle really was. Mm -hmm. And she was really fun and she didn't give a shit about anyone else. And she was a little bit wild and rambunctious, but she was living her best life. (laughs) And then I got to the age of 21 And I had this little nagging voice in the back of my head saying, hey, listen, this isn't what you should be doing. This is not the woman you were raised to be. You shouldn't be behaving this way, especially if you ever want to get married, have children, you know, all the things that come with it, you know, you need to shape up, you need to find a man and settle down. So I did. I found a nice young man that was very quiet and conservative and, you know, all the things to balance my crazy out. And I thought he's going to elevate me to where I need to be. And so I was married and had my first of four kids at 23. And I dove straight into being a wife and a mom. Um, 120% (laughs) just dove into that because that was my purpose. And that's what I knew. And I, um, you know, you were mentioning, you know, these ideas and these expectations that we have in our head aren't necessarily from outside sources, but, you know, the stories that we place in our head, the things that we place in our head. And that's really where I was at. I had these expectations of how I should be. And I was constantly striving to get there and be the Martha Stewart and have the kids with the matching clothes and all tidy and, you know, put on this, I put on this really great facade of having the perfect life, the perfect wife, the perfect children, everything was fantastic in the home, but really in the home, I was falling apart Mm -hmm. because I couldn't reach these unrealistic expectations that I had placed in my head. So I was constantly critical of myself, constantly felt like I was a failure, constantly felt like I was not worthy to be a mother to these children um, and depressed. And of course it all came out in the home too, you know, mom's meltdowns, you know, over small shit. And it wasn't happy in the home because I was trying to be this person that I wasn't. And um, so it about 15 years down the road, you know, trying to survive in this mindset. And my youngest goes off to preschool and all of a sudden I had a few extra hours a day. Like there's only so much laundry you can do only so much house cleaning and grocery shopping before you're really forced to sit with yourself in the quiet of your house and be like, okay, what now? What, what do I do with myself? Like, I seriously remember like kind of standing in my room, basically twiddling my thumbs going, okay, like, what do I, what do I do? And so I was really forced to start stripping everything down and digging deep and start learning about myself. And, you know, I did know that I had placed myself at the bottom of the totem pole as most of us mothers do. And all my focus was on my family And as a big result of that, my health had gotten Mm -hmm. pretty bad. 
I was pre-diabetic. I had chronic hypertension. In fact, my youngest child came six weeks early because of my hypertension. And so for me, the very basic thing that I could do for myself was start taking better care of my health. And so YouTube was a really big thing at the time. And so I started looking for YouTube influencers, people who had a message of self-care, self-love and empowerment. So I started listening to these women, which helped me kind of tap into that too, and to take a better focus on me as well. And um, I started to do movement every day, go for a walk and do some yoga. And all of a sudden, I started really loving the space that I start I was holding for myself. Um, fitness became a really big part of my life. In fact, it was it was my happy place. And before I knew it, like the kids like knew mom's going to the gym or mom's exercising, don't bother her. And my family knew that this had become a happy this then became a non-negotiable piece for me and a really easy way for me to take care of myself. So that was a really like pivotal moment in my life that silence of the house, kind of stripping things down, realizing, okay, the very minimum I could do is start taking back my health. And I started exercising. And then from there and listening to all these um, self-care and self-motivation influencers it started getting me like more and more curious about life. And that's like the next step in in it. It's like, okay, well, now what hobbies do I have? Because, you know, all I've been doing is like glitter crafts and birthday parties. What do (laughs) I, you know, what do I do now? What are my hobbies? And so for me, I realized, you know what? I've been taking my family's holiday pictures for years because no one could ever get the images, just how I wanted them. And so I took a photography class through our city college. I always wanted to learn about stocks and training. So I signed up for an adult ed class for stocks and trading. So like tapping into your community's resources is like really not something that you generally will think of like, oh, hey, well, maybe my community colleges offer, you know, this or that. And so just getting curious about life things that, Hey, that kind of looked fun. Maybe I'll try that. And it just keeps growing and growing, growing as it builds your confidence and it slowly empowers you to continually branch out and continuously grow. Yeah. I, there's so much in your story that is just like a really golden representation of what can happen when we take on narratives from, you know, external the way we are raised, what we see, what we are taking in. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's a lot that we're taking in and how that can then become our beliefs that aren't necessarily actually in alignment with who we authentically are. Um, But then moving into the piece of like how you started to tap into who you are, self-care is such a huge piece of like what I love to talk about. And your story is like just the shining example of why, why it's so important. It's not about like, you know, checking a box. It's about really like knowing that you are a human who's worth care in your own care. And when you start to kind of embody that mindset and 
say, okay, I'm going to choose one thing to focus on and like really pour into that has to do with me. And for you, it was your health, right. And fitness and things like that, that that can open the door to self-love. Like I think the connection between caring for ourselves and then truly loving who we are is so prominent. It really, when we are doing acts of love for ourselves through caring for ourselves, it kind of just comes naturally that you're going to like, look at who you are with love and explore that with love. And so I just like, what a cool story and a a way to like, look at it all Mm -hmm. from the, you know, the bird's eye view of like, we can reflect and like, think about the pieces and what got you to kind of like start to tap into who you are. Um, Is there any more to that with like, then coming to this place of like living unapologetically and yeah. <laughs> becoming this person who like stands for that. Yeah. So I started on this health fitness journey. Of course, I was continuously like doing the self-care and the self-love and listening to these people that resonated with me. Um, and the more I did, the more I learned to embrace my imperfections mm-hmm. as my own unique qualities that make me exactly who I am and who I'm supposed to be. And then I started this, this process of, holy shit, like, you know, I'm actually okay just the way I am. And then I got really pissed off at all these people through all these years were telling me how I was supposed to be. I got really pissed off and I held resentment because at this point I was about 36 years old. And so I was like, oh my God, I like wasted, you know, half of my adult life trying to be this person that I'm not. And so I went through the anger, I went through the resentment, and then I had to get to the point like, this is not serving me to feel this way. It's making me feel crappy. That's not what I'm trying to embody. I'm trying to get rid of the negative and replace it with all the positive love stuff. So I then entered forgiveness and it was more of forgiving me for trying so hard to be someone that I wasn't and forgiving myself for not knowing any better. Mm -hmm. I was just doing what I knew how to do. And I was doing the best that I could. And, you know, that's okay. And it was a learning process. And now I'm here. And I get to grow from all that stuff. And you know, the funny thing is, is like, I still tap into like all those, I, I literally just made homemade bread yesterday. And I was like, okay, well, that's one of my like, (laughs) you know, previous life skills, you know, so I, you know, it's, it wasn't all horrible. I took a lot from it. So forgiving, forgiving myself um, for being so self-critical for only doing what I knew how to do. And then embracing all of, like I said, all these imperfections that I had and truly falling in love with myself and who I was the quirky Michelle who, you know, has tongue in cheek humor, who swears, who, you know, slaps her kids on the butt all the time, whenever she walks past, (laughs) you know, like, that's who I am. I'm the fun, you know, woman that likes to live life to its fullest. And then I was like, okay, what do I do from here? 
well, now I kind of have to relearn everything and I'm still getting to know me and what do I like? So I move forward with some grace, give myself some grace because they're going to have some huge wins that are fantastic. And then you're going to have a lot of failures that are like, well, that didn't work out. (laughs) Note taken, you know, um, it's a, it's a learning growing process. And, um, I continued on with my fitness and I continued, you know, exploring all the things that I saw that, that I thought would be super fun. Like, for example, I've always thought it would be like super fun to be in the circus. (laughs) Yeah. And so it turns out we have like an aerial art studio where I live. And I was like, damn, I'm going to do that. I was the oldest one on the silks and flying in the hoops and all that stuff. But I had a fantastic time. Like, age does not limit you. Like, do the fun stuff and do the scary stuff. So I am definitely a girl that goes zero to 100 when it comes to goal setting. (laughs) And with the fitness, it got to a point where I was like, I really love this. I need to push myself a little further. I'm going to do some fitness competitions. And I actually did three. And so freaking liberating second to birthing my children. I'm like, okay, so I went through went I being super introverted, super shy and quiet to now I'm up on the stage in a bling bikini and hooker heels for all to see. And I didn't tell anyone the only people that knew was my husband and my children. So I did this competition, I came out on social media. So this just happened. And all of a sudden, I was getting all this attention from friends, um, from people I didn't know, from athletic supplement companies, like all the things, which was super new to me and super new to my husband, of course. So I got home from my show. I had gone out of state to do it. And he, the next morning, he says, Michelle, we need to talk. And I'm like, okay, let's talk. And he's like, so I just need to know you've done this competition, you look fantastic, you're starting to get all this attention. Where do I stand as your husband? Well, what do you mean? Like, everything's the same, the outside just changed, but everything on the inside's the same. Uh, I just, you know, I don't know. And what had been a totally, you know, low key, fine, happy marriage, ended up merging into a marriage that was very controlling and psychologically abusive because all of his insecurities came up and, you know, it was probably the darkest time, darkest period in, in my life. And it really made me question why I was doing the things I was doing. It, um, you know, it put me in a place of really choosing my happiness or to go back to the stagnant life I was living. And ultimately, I chose my happiness and filed for a divorce after trying for several years to make it work. And it was extremely difficult. And I'd like to share this part of my journey, because, you know, you think like awakening and self-discovery and it's all rainbows and butterflies. But the fact of the matter is, it doesn't have to be as major as a divorce, but any major life shift you do, there's going to be pushback. You know, there's going to be the negative people that come in that don't understand why you're doing that put you down, that make you question everything that you're doing. There's always resistance when you do big life shifts. And so 
you know, again, it comes down to your why and being super crystal clear with your why, because if you're so clear on your why, then it will be so much greater than the fears and the negative Mm -hmm. naysayers and everything. And I knew I deserved to be happy. I knew my self-worth by that point too, because I'd been doing so much work on myself and I knew I would be okay. And I'm going to say I was a stay at home mom for 11 years leading up to this moment. So I went from like ground zero to boom. Okay. Now I got to pay for the mortgage and the bills. (laughs) So it was hella scary. And I questioned myself so many times, but I was always saying I deserve to be happy. I deserve to be happy. I deserve to be happy. And the universe has my back. Like the universe, God, whomever has my back. I know they're not going to let me like fall and fail and have to go back to how I was because I wasn't happy. And so I had tremendous faith that I was on the right path that I needed to be on. That was a lot. (laughs) No, I think it's so important to hear though. And I think there's something that's really important in this conversation too, about like when it comes to kind of breaking out of the expectations and understanding that like, we all live in this world. We all get the messaging. It may look different for different people, depending on like who they were raised by and all these little pieces. Mm -hmm. But when we can tap into ourselves and like care for ourselves and learn to love ourselves and then learn to be who we're meant to be authentically. And like, you know, I'll say like, for me, I'm still on that journey for sure. Very much. Mm -hmm. That's a journey. You know, I have little kids at home and trying to figure out like, what does that look like for me? But knowing that like, just because it's right just because like you're doing the right thing for you, you're doing right by yourself doesn't mean everybody else is going to be happy with it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean that like everyone else is just going to grow right along with you. And that's scary. It's that's yeah. why it's not just how we naturally all just fall into like showing up as our authentic selves. There's a reason for it. And so I think it's important to hear because that could be a reason somebody is like, you know, I'm trying to embrace who I am, but it just feels like nobody's wanting that. So I'm going to go back into Mm -hmm. my shell of like showing up the way that everyone wants me to show up. And there's something different on the other side. There's like the freedom. And just when you talk about like yourself and showing up as you unapologetically and so authentically it's like you see the joy you see it's like yeah you are this fun person who you know just you say things <laughs> you want to say things and yeah it's it's so like engaging and so magnetic and to know that like there was a whole process to get yourself to that place of doing it it's really inspiring it's really um it, it just shows like okay there's a whole journey to get there And I just think that can be a really important thing to understand because if you're on the journey, there's a lot that can cause fear and a lot that can cause questioning. And so knowing that like, but that's what living authentically, that's what living unapologetically looks like. Just it's, it's really powerful. (laughs) Yeah. I, the, I can't tell you how many friends I lost along the way. And even my own parents were like, Michelle, the grass is not greener on the other side. You know, 
But it's so important to note that these people that you're outgrowing Mm -hmm. and that it's kind of like a natural selection, like the people who don't understand the people that you're outgrowing, leave your life, they served their purpose, and they may come back around again, but they've left your life and you're leveling up. And that vibration you're sending out into the world is only going to attract the people who are on your same level or are going to help you level up to the next level. And I've seen that in my life over and over again, where I'm going through heartbreak, losing, you know, someone that I thought was a friend. And then all of a sudden, you know, the doors open for some, someone, some opportunity that's greater to come into my life. You know, it's super important to get rid of the negative when you're, when you're trying to bring in more positivity and more self-love and self-trust and self-care into your life, really. Yeah. And I think it's cool. There's little pieces in what you've said where it's like, it's, even if you're letting go of something fully, it's still kind of part of your journey and what got you there. And I think there's a lot of like peace with that of like, it's Mm -hmm. all part of what got you to where you are. Life is complex. It's not just some linear thing where it's like, okay, I'm who I'm meant to be now. And so cool. It's like, no, there's Mm -hmm. you, everything leading up to this moment has informed who you are. And whether that's a skill, like making homemade bread or like the people who you've been with and you know spent time with who have informed who you are whether in a way of like you've taken great things from that or you've learned yeah it's I think it can be really easy to think about these things in such a like the perfect way it should happen and it's it's like that's not life and so it's shifting the mindset to be like okay I can learn to love myself I can let go of the things that are not serving me. And also that process might be hard and there might be struggle in that process. And that's, that can all be true and it can still be worth the process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Having that mindset of like, okay, it's not going to be a piece of cake and Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. But I mean, I like, I will be the first to admit there's, I've had plenty of moments where I cried in the shower (laughs) because that's the only place I get any peace and quiet in this house. (laughs) (laughs) Cried out in the shower during my divorce. I had so many tough moments um, where I would just pull my car over and just scream at the top of my lungs. Like, why can't this be easier? Why am I having to go through this? And I, you hear all the time, like when you're in the shit, you don't get it. But when you're on the other side of it, you're like, oh, uh, okay, I get it. I kind of had to go through that. (laughs) But uh, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a lot we have to deal with as well. (laughs) Life is complex. It is a complex world we live in and we are complex (laughs) and everyone else around us is complex and Mm-hmm. it's just the it's the truth and it's like yeah. it's like that's okay that's part of it mm-hmm. yeah I'm curious what role motherhood has played in your journey to kind of rediscover yourself like mm-hmm. what what does that look like well coming from where I was mm-hmm. and in that um you know phase of my life um 
I had the narrative in my head that I needed to be put together, not only my family, but me as a person put together. So really my children only saw like, I would like to say just one side of me, the happy mom, but they saw the angry mom too, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but they really only saw those perspectives of me as an individual, because I felt it was really important for me to set an example for my kids. And I thought I was setting the right example of perfection (laughs) and everything else. So as I've been on my journey, I've realized how incredibly important it is to allow myself to be vulnerable with my children as a mother, to see me in my highs, to see me in my lows, to see me in my frustrations. You know, I am super mindful about, you know, what's appropriate to share with the child and whatnot, but I, I would never have let them see me cry before. Now I let them see me cry. They ask me why, you know, I share, well, I'm I'm just really frustrated right now because we're trying to go to school and you keep changing your shoes, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and I'm really tired, (laughs) you know, so I, I um, through my journey, I've realized how important it is to be um, open and vulnerable and let my kids see the vulnerable side of me and see, you know, all the things that us humans go through and it's totally natural and totally normal. Um, It's also became very important to me to hold a safe space for my children to be vulnerable with me. And I am definitely one of those moms where if my kids are coming to me with a problem and they're crying, I'm crying right alongside with them and we hug it out and we work it out together. So the vulnerability piece in motherhood has, um, has been a huge, uh, change that I've implemented through my journey. Yeah, that's The thing there about like what you were trying to model for your kids before, I think is something so many of us can relate to of like, okay, I need to be the best example for my kids. And what that ends up being is like a performance, yeah, kind of this performative thing. And then there's the the downfall of that, right? Like when your needs aren't being met, the other side of it is you're also not really able to hold yourself together and manage the things, but It's like, we do end up teaching our kids then the way to show up is inauthentically and just how, if you're not aware that that's what's happening, it feels like the right thing to do. And the other side of that, of showing up as your true self vulnerably and allowing them to do the same, well, that teaches them then to embrace and love themselves, Mm -hmm. which is like, obviously really awesome. Like we love our kids. Yeah. We we want them to be able to be who they are. We want them to show up in the world and feel like good about themselves. We want them to feel the same things that we felt when we were trying to shove yeah. ourselves into a box and failing at it. Right. Like it's, that's really yeah. probably none of our goals. Right. And inadvertently, that's the way it happens because mm-hmm. as we grow, we're modeling a certain behavior and we're mothering, modeling mm-hmm. after a certain. So somewhere along the way, the cycle has to be broken, right? Yeah. And it might as well be with us. Might as well. 
but yeah, exactly what you're saying, raising your kids uh, to be able to step into who they authentically are, their true selves, is really such an empowering gift for them as they go into the real world as young adults, which now my oldest two of the four are. And I tell you, like they're 23 and 21 and to see them navigating adulthood has been such a joy. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's totally bittersweet, (laughs) but it's like exciting to watch them go into this next chapter of life, this chapter of life and watch them navigate um, the workplace socially. Like they are just so, they're just so strong and trusting and empowered in who they are as individuals. And I see it whenever they come to me and, oh, mom, this happened this week, or mom, I have this issue with the coworker. Okay, I handled it. You know, like, you know, they come for like the sounding words of advice and, okay, yeah, I've been there. But then they have that courage and that strength to take the steps that are needed to, to better the situation for themselves or to move themselves further in their journey. And what a joy that is to watch them just kind of step into their own and take charge. And to know the role of your own personal growth, how they got to see that and then now approach the world without those like major, I mean, I'm sure you know, we're growing up in this world, I'm sure still having people pleasing tendencies, but like, yeah, to be able to handle things. And like, that is something, you know, with with when we are trying to people please and do things, it becomes really hard to like handle things in the workplace of like, you know, I don't want to step on toes. But like, this is really a problem. And just like, how cool to see your kids get to a point where it's like, they can handle things and still come to you for support and still you know, I'm sure it's like you're in your early twenties, like there's things. Yeah. But just, I I can only imagine how incredible that feels knowing that you were able to model something for them and then seeing the, the results of that. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, that's, I, and once I started this transition, this journey, that's became, um, such a huge piece for me. I wanted to set an example for my kids by doing, I wanted them to see Mm -hmm. like, it doesn't matter if you're hella old, you can like, you can do whatever, (laughs) you can do whatever you, you want, you know, and it's, and, you know, from a very young age, I was telling my children, you know, I honestly, I don't care if you go to college, I don't care if you do a vocational study, I don't care if you do this, 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 go straight into the workforce as long as you're happy, that's what matters to me. And, you know, what makes you happy at 18, 25, 30 may not be what you're passionate about at 35, 40, 50. And it's okay to have those pivots or plot twists, I like to call them in your life. It's you are not set to be in a box. One of the greatest privileges in life is the opportunity to continuously evolve. And if you stay stagnant in one place in this box and this ideology of where you think you're supposed to be, who you're supposed to be, what a rough place to be in. 
what a rough way to be when there's so much life and so much opportunity and so much exciting growth out there. My God, like, it's just, yeah, we're not meant to be at one place. Obviously, I'm hugely passionate about it. <laughs> I mean, my cheeks hurt, like <laughs> smiling, just listening to you say it because it's so it's like, yes, take it in. Like, this is real. And it's not just one thing, but it's like this yeah. mindset of like, just knowing that just the possibilities for each of us, the opportunities and the choice. And it's not always easy, but it's something that we all have access to Mm -hmm. this choice. I'm wondering if you could give us any like concrete tips for, you know, a mom who maybe wants to be living more authentically or unapologetically. What is something that we could do today? Well, very basic steps is that self-love self-care piece. And that's Mm -hmm. so hard to do as a mom to find even 15 minutes in a day to do yoga or go for a walk and stay consistent about it. Um, I highly recommend listening to podcasts um, like this one, (laughs) these amazing platforms that have the self-love, self-care and empowerment message as a foundation, just inviting that information in is huge. And, you know, like little things you can do for yourself, whether that's I mean, I used to take a bath, I would say, okay, twice a week, I'll soak in the bath and I'll listen to a podcast. And that was my me time for a half hour, listening to a podcast and going for a quick walk, you know, um, without your kids on bikes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just, uh, you know, like the little things. I mean, let's take it all the way down to chocolate. If that's like something that brings you joy, freaking make it happen every day. Have your, I have my chocolate stash in my freezer. No one knows where it is. And I, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so find something that brings you joy, that brings happy into your life and implement it every day. Um, Because we all know life gets crazy. So just like the little things of sitting in your closet and just enjoying that piece of chocolate for five minutes, (laughs) you know, the little things. So baby steps are huge. Um, Listening to the podcast, get rid of the negative clutter. And I mean, doing like a social media purge, like, you know, hide the people on Facebook that just bring controversy and conflict on your feed and follow people, influencers that you're like, oh man, I wish I could be like her that make you feel crappy on the inside. Anything that gives you the icks, get rid of it. Um, Social media and in real life, like we were talking about people who are no longer serving you, Um, you know, as you level up, they'll kind of make their way out. But you can also make that conscious decision of, you know, I like never walk away feeling good about myself when I'm around that person. So I'm just going to quietly disappear from their life and and move on. So doing the self-care piece, releasing the negativity, bringing positivity into your life through podcasts, through reading, through doing little things that you enjoy that might be journaling, uh, taking a little time to write. Um, It might be singing, playing an instrument, whatever brings a little bit of positivity and happy. Look for the little things. Um, The person that smiles to you in passing, hitting all the green lights as you're driving, 
one of the things I did was I created affirmations and motivational quotes into phone wallpapers and I put it on my phone. So every time I was at a red light, I'd hit my phone, take a moment to take a deep breath and release any tension and negativity, and then breathe in and repeat my affirmation over and over. And just that little bit of positivity, because really how often are we hitting our phone or there's a notification? So for me, that was a constant reminder Mm -hmm. just to check myself and bring in some positivity. So I would say those are three like really easy steps, uh, simple steps, I should say, nothing's easy. Nothing comes easy, but those are simple steps. So, you know, start doing the things, a little bit of self-care, bring in the positivity, release the negativity and, you know, find the little things in life that bring you happy and make it a non-negotiable for you. Because once you make that little happy and non-negotiable, it will grow into bigger things and bigger things and bigger things. And the energetic momentum is just hugely amazing. Yeah. That's such an important thing, the like normalization of all of this. That's something I really love talking about is like normalizing self-care. But I think too, like the piece about like listening to podcasts or audiobooks or like having the little messages where it's like an intentional thing. I'm going to look at this affirmation. Mm -hmm. It's like normalizing it being okay to be you, to be Mm -hmm. authentic, to not be, you know, consuming these things that don't feel good. It's like, we can just normalize it so that it's less of a, like, oh my goodness, I'm taking this huge leap by deciding to care for myself. It's like, oh, actually that's just something that even if I'm not, I haven't been doing it, it feels a little bit more normal because I'm hearing these things and like, okay, I'm going to try this for myself. And it's a little bit less scary, a little bit less of a Mm -hmm. like gap from where I'm at now. And there's just, Mm -hmm. there's so much power. And I think it's really important to acknowledge that those little pieces can be a huge first step in really like making that normal for you. Which is the whole, I mean, it really has to be, self-care has to be a normal part of your life for it to have the impact of like, okay, Mm -hmm. you're caring for yourself. Your needs are being met. So if we can work to normalize it, then it can have those impacts. Yeah. And I I really try to emphasize, like Mm -hmm. you were saying, the little itty bitty things are really the most impactful as like many of us do. I so many times I was trying to make these big shifts like, okay, I'm going to do yoga every day or every day I'm going to do a 15 minute walk. Well, it wasn't really realistic in my chaotic motherhood life to, you know, and then it was like, and then I was disappointing myself Mm -hmm. because I was so just do the little things, the little things that you know, that you can do every day like having that piece of chocolate, yeah. (laughs) just the little baby steps grow to bigger and bigger and bigger stepping stones on your journey. Yeah, absolutely. So something that I love asking at the end of episodes, it's something that you've really touched on quite a bit, especially right there. Um, But it's about normalizing self-care and how we can do that. So you've told us some ways that we can like focus on the self-care, but I would love to just hear like, how do you take care of yourself? What does that look like in your life? For me? Um, well, still the exercise is a big piece, ongoing piece for me. Um, I've carried that through, but 
a big part of the self-care for me is that self-trust piece of holding my boundaries Mm -hmm. and being able to say no and being able to do the things that I enjoy or would like to do without needing to give explanation to anyone. So for me, self-care is really intuitively listening to what my body needs or is asking for and to follow through on it unapologetically. Um, That's really how self-care is now manifesting to me in this time in my life is trusting my gut and my intuition and just running with it, whatever that may look like, or, you know, as long as it's feeling good to me, I'm going to run with it. I love that. (laughs) I love that. It's like almost when we feel the need to apologize for taking care of ourselves or we're like, okay, I know this is hard on everyone else, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's like almost reinforcing that we are a burden and, you know, our needs are inconvenient for other people. And so I just, I love that. Like I'm doing this unapologetically. I'm taking care of me and not even going to take in any negative about that because Mm -hmm. it doesn't, it doesn't help anyone. It doesn't help. Right. Yeah. And it sets a wonderful example for your children too. them seeing you take care of yourself. It sets a wonderful example. And um, yeah, like we were saying, it's hard to keep the boundaries, but once you're in that space, it's, it's pretty fantastic. I love Mm -hmm. it. I, this conversation has just been really like inspirational. I think that's Mm -hmm. really a good word to describe it. It's like your story and Mm -hmm. just the way you speak of it. There's so much like joy and vibrancy and hope. And like, we all can tap into that and we all can do the things for us, even if it is hard. Yeah. Well, I've super enjoyed my time with you. So thank you for holding this space for me and for all of your listeners. Yes. And I would love before we close out, if you could tell us where we can find you, if there's anything to keep Mm -hmm. an eye out for all that good stuff. All the good stuff. Um, You can find me on Instagram. My handle is Fiercely Authentic Coaching. Please, please, please do slide into my DMs. I love to (laughs) chat with other women and support and be a sounding block. And just just to say hello, I would just adore that. I mentioned uh, the affirmation wallpapers for my phone. Um, In my bio on Instagram, I have created several wallpapers that are a freebie for y'all. So you can check check out that. So find me at Fiercely Authentic Coaching and then click the little link in my bio and you'll get a slew of um, phone wallpapers for you to start bringing that positive intention into your life. I love that. What a like awesome little just thing to take and implement today. (laughs) And we'll have all of that linked in the show notes as well. So you can find Instagram and we can even get the link for the freebies in there too. Perfect. (laughs) Amazing. Thank you so much for being here and taking time out of your day to share your message. It's Mm -hmm hugely important. And I'm just, I'm really grateful we get to, to share this here on the Worthy Mother podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure. Yes. And for all of you tuning in, thanks for being here. You are worthy mama. 